Welcome to CBuzz, Columbus's award-winning business-focused podcast presented by the Columbus Chamber of Commerce and Capital University. I'm Michaela Hunt, your host, and we're about to bring you another one of the best stories from the Columbus business community. Leaders, decision makers, and innovators take the seat across from me, and we ask them the questions that you've always wanted to ask them, bringing you the answers in this longer format. We record the show at Capital University's Convergent Media Center with a team of talented students and faculty, and you should see this media center. It is top-of-the-line technology right in our backyard. Today, we're going to take a look at the career of Lisa Ingram, president and CEO of White Castle and more affectionately known as the Slider Queen, who has been with the organization for nearly 20 years. In her role, Lisa focuses on strategy development and oversees White Castle's divisions of retail products, restaurants, and manufacturing. White Castle was founded nearly 100 years ago, and the iconic brand has called Columbus home since 1934. We're thrilled to have the opportunity to discuss a change that's been made really some waves in the Columbus community over the past year. White Castle's brand new headquarters. It's hard to miss them when you're on the highway. Lisa Slider Queen, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. So I was just talking with Lisa kind of offline before we started, and we were talking about everybody has a White Castle story. Yep. I mentioned I grew up in Illinois, and I wasn't exposed to White Castle until I made the drive with my parents into Chicago, and I looked at that building, and I said, what is that? (laughs) It's one of your largest markets as well, it sounds like. Yes, it is. Chicago is our largest market. We have almost 80 stores there, so... You're known across the country. People, when they when they see something that, that has White Castle on it, they know. And I take it you hear stories probably from people all the time yes. about their first exposure. Yes. It may not be their first exposure, but it's a fun memory that they have, usually with their friends or family, about their journey to get White Castle or enjoying White Castle together, which is really, it makes us so proud that we're a brand that people want to associate with their good memories, their good friends, their good times. So we're really proud of that. And we've been doing it for almost a hundred years now. And you, your journey has been really, truly a lifelong journey with this company yes. um, as we're about to dive into and find out more about. In fact, you were the fourth Ingram in your family to lead the company. Yes. The fourth Ingram, first woman, um, which Love is it. awesome. Yes. 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 So my great grandfather started the company in 1921. He, uh, that's, it's a great story. He yeah, tell me. borrowed $700 from the bank, um, and began his wild experiment in the restaurant business. He was actually 41 years old and quit. Uh, he was an insurance salesman and decided that he no longer wanted to do that. He wanted to open a restaurant and he wanted to, help the people of Wichita, Kansas realize this great product called hamburger because at the time that wasn't really a very uh, common product that people were eating. So he picked the name White Castle, white standing for purity and cleanliness and castle standing for permanence and strength. And he decided to sell his castles for five cents because he wanted everybody to be able to afford them, not just the well-to-do. The store did very, very well. He was able to pay the loan back in less than 90 days and uh, continued to expand the brand through the 20s and 30s, obviously, which was very challenging. And uh, today we have almost 370 locations. We have a very large retail organization. We have manufacturing. And we're really excited to be celebrating our 100th birthday in two years. That's truly amazing. Going back to that time, you know, and the fact that hamburger wasn't a thing, what have you 
you heard from your family? What are some of the stories you've heard about how he was able to grow it? Because at that time, there were other big chains as well, kind of coming up the ranks. So, so what have you heard what it was like back then? Well, you know, he had, he was very clear on what he wanted to focus on. He wanted to focus on operational consistency. So he wanted the same, the customer to get the same product, whether they were in Chicago, like your family, or whether they were in New York or Louisville um, or Indianapolis. So operational consistency was a very important focus for him. The other two important focuses for him were team members and giving back to our communities that we operate in. And we continue those three tenants to this day. And we really believe that our model, uh, we don't franchise, and so we operate all of our stores. We believe that that model has contributed to the fact that we've been able to be around for 100 years and still relevant in today's day and age. Because there are lots of other competitors. They came, you know, about 30 or 40 years later, but they're much bigger, but they have a different business model. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're successful in their own right. We really believe that we've been successful because we focus on our people, we focus on the quality of the products that we serve, and we focus on having fun and enjoying um, our customers and enjoying our products and making sure that uh, people really come into White Castle and have a great experience. So let's revisit some of the years when your dad was CEO, because obviously this became a family thing. It was going well. Yes. It, 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 the family embraced it. So you were growing up around the business at this point in time. Do you feel like you had a good grasp of what it took to run the business at an early age? Kind of what was your knowledge point? Yeah. So I think my father made it look a lot easier than it actually <laughs> turned out to be, which is great. A uh, good sign of a leader, right? Right. So I have lots of memories of going down to the office uh, with my dad. There was a, a woman who was our switchboard operator. Her name was Rosemary. And I have lots of memories of sitting on her lap and playing with the switchboard because <laughs> that was kind of a cool thing for a little kid to do. I have memories of the stairs going down to the cafeteria were very, very steep and very, very blue. Um, I'm not shocked. Right, yes. Based on the old building. Yes. So, you know, I have a lot of those memories. I have a lot of memories of my father traveling a lot. So he would go and visit every single castle every single year, which is amazing. Um, you know, there are very few CEOs, I think, that, that do that. And we have t we have too many locations for me to do that. I go to every region every year, but I don't get to every single castle every year. Um, so I think that there were lots of times that I felt very connected to the brand, but there were lots of times that my father was very encouraging of me to do whatever I wanted. And so there was no push from my parents or my aunts and uncles to their children that we had to go into the business. They really wanted us all to understand that we had to work hard, that we should go and pursue our passions. And if those two things aligned and we found our way to the business, then that was great. But there was no expectation that we would Oh, that we would only go into business. What kind of gift was that to you? It was phenomenal because I really, you know, I tell people this, I love Columbus now, but um, I really wanted to get out of Ohio <laughs> when I was 18. And so I went to SMU in Dallas and I stayed in Dallas for five years afterwards and worked in the computer industry because I wanted to get my own job. I wanted to be able to really more for myself than anything else, know that I... Um, I could get a job. I could hold a job. I added value. A company wanted to hire me, et cetera, et cetera. And that was really important to me and really helped me gain a lot of confidence. It also gave me an opportunity to see a, a different culture, learn from different leaders, experience a different industry. And I think all of those 
uh, skills and that knowledge really helped me when I eventually decided to come back to Wake. So, and when you were working kind of in the computer, the tech industry, what were you doing there that even helps you to today in terms of what you were learning? Sure. So I spent time in purchasing, I did product development, and I did marketing. All of those areas certainly can be applicable to any business. But I think you know, as I reflect back on that time, that company actually was private and went public. So I also got to see that transition, which was very, very interesting. I also got to see a lot of different leaders and skill sets that I would wanted to emulate and then other maybe skills that I didn't. And uh, I actually, I, I made a mistake and I thought I was going to get fired. So to go through that whole feeling of fear and watch how they handled it, they handled it beautifully. The manager that I had, uh, Reagan was his name. He did a phenomenal job of handling it, but I was really scared that I was going to get fired. And so all of those experiences really, I think, helps me as a leader wherever I ended up. Fortunately, I ended up back at White Castle, and I think that's been wonderful. Yeah. How did your dad get you back here? After after going out on your own, having this experience, learning all these things, he got you back to Columbus. He did. So, and actually, it actually wasn't him. Um, oh, so it, okay. It wasn't. It wasn't him. Um, not because he didn't want me to, but so one of the stints that I did one summer is I worked in marketing at White Castle when I was in high school. And um, so I kept in touch with the marketing, my marketing manager, and she ended up getting promoted to be marketing director. And she called me, uh, I don't know, 1997-ish and said, we have a marketing manager position open. I know that's what you're doing down there because we had kept in touch. Do you have any interest in coming back and working for the business? You're very qualified for this job. And I said, well, let me think about it. And, um, you know, so I, I And you don't think she talked to your dad? Oh, she might have. I'm sure she probably did. But, but it was her call. But it was her call. It was absolutely her call. My dad is very much a, you know, lets his team run with the decisions. And um, so, yeah, so she reached out and I said, you know what? I, I need to figure this out. I need to decide if I want to be in the family business. This is a good opportunity. Um, it's the same job that I was doing. Um, so I moved back. Unfortunately, I moved back in January of 1997, I think, or 98, and it was freezing cold. And there were definitely times that I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Yeah, compared to Dallas. But other than the weather, I love Columbus. Columbus is an amazing city. It's gone through such a transformation over the last, um, you know, 10 years that I was gone. It's, and then the 10, and the, you know, 10, 15 years that I've been back, it's, been just a great place to live and work and raise your family. There's so much to do here. And I've been able to actually recruit people from Atlanta, from Oklahoma, um, from Dallas to come and live here and work at White Castle. And part of that is because of the great town of Columbus. Yeah, you guys have definitely been part of the momentum of this community. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today as in our conversation. You have four kids of your own. I do. So busy woman, CEO, slider queen, four kids of her own. And you've said in the past that you will encourage them to do the same thing that your dad did yes. and, and pursue their passions. They are getting to that age where they're teenagers. There's, they're starting to think about what comes next. What are their inclinations right now? Well, I mean, I think they're still young. But, um, you know, I actually brought my daughter to Bring Your Child to Work Day this past year, which was really fun. Um, she and her cousin uh, were there. And they got to spend some time with our restaurant leader, uh, with our retail 
retail leader and with marketing just to sort of see, you know, what interests they may have. And she came back and they asked a lot of good questions. She said, you know, I, I may have an interest in learning more about marketing. And that's great. And so whether she decides to work at White Castle later in life, I want her to pursue her passion. And if I can help her figure that out, um, whether that's marketing or some other area of the business that might be interesting to her, that's what I want to do. Um, because, you know, to ha- you spend a lot of time at work and you should really feel engaged and passionate about what you do and where you work. And while I think White Castle is a fabulous company, my experience of going and working other places, you know, I worked for Hewlett Packard. I worked for John Glenn. I waited tables in college. All of those experiences helped me figure out that I really liked White Castle and I liked the environment. If you just come to a family business right out of college, that's the only place that you know. And there, there may be this, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. And, And so to be able to go and find that and to really find where your passion is, I think is beneficial to the business and to the individual. I was attending a a talk yesterday and someone here in town who's kind of known as a disruptor of her own said, I want to visibly move the needle every day. I want to work with people I like, and I want to make an impact. That's an ideal situation for when you go to work. Mm -hmm. And so you're instilling that in your children, I feel, kind of in in the way that you just said that. So let's talk a little more about succession planning. You, You used a business planning consultant to aid in the creation of a succession plan for White Castle, which is pretty popular model for a lot of businesses looking to identify future planning for their company. I want to talk about what the process was like and was it beneficial to be a part of that planning process as the leader of the company right now? Yeah. So a lot of people ask me about this because family businesses, this can get very, very touchy in terms of, you know, what, who's going to be the next leader and how do you plan for the strategy of the company? There's like an that. HBO or Showtime show on it. Right. It, yeah. it, it is very dramatic. Right. It can go very wrong very quickly. And so I feel very, very fortunate that I have one tremendous family members, which I'll talk about. And two, we have a really good family business consultant. So, you know, uh, 15 years ago, my father and um, his sisters, so the third generation, told the fourth generation, anybody that's interested in being considered for president can put their name in the hat. And there were actually three of us. So myself and my two older male cousins. Um, And so the three of us sat down with our family business consultant, who we have worked with for many years, and went through 360s to identify our strengths and weaknesses. um, And then sit down with him. And the three of us talked about where we thought our strengths were, what our highest hopes were for the company. And the three of us actually came up with a plan of um, who should be president and why, and where the other two should go and why. And so we all agreed that I should be president. My my strength is really in strategy and um, being the voice of the company. And my other cousin John is he's a he was a teacher and loves culture and training and he's amazing at it. Um, you know, when people talk about the new building, when we talk about the new building. A lot of people ask me, you know, were you involved in a lot of the decisions? And I'm like, no, because my cousin John was really really involved in it <laughs> and he did a phenomenal job of of curating our culture in this physical space that's just phenomenal. Is he the one responsible for the slides that I've seen pictures of inside? Yes. So, you know, (laughs) he came to me and said, what do you think about having a slide? And I was like, that's awesome. (laughs) I mean, how cool is that? And so, you know, it's, so that's a great 
example. My other cousin, Dave, he um, grew up and was working in construction and all sorts of stuff. So he has followed uh, through construction. He was a general manager and he's been, he's now in our manufacturing and doing a phenomenal job there. And so again, both of them are in places in the business where they add tremendous value, where they can have influence um, and where they are fully supportive of me in the role that I'm in. And I think that's the best outcome for any family business is, you know, it's not this one that's anointed by the father or whoever. It really, the more that it can be collaborative, that it can be really focused on the needs of the business and the strengths of the individuals, I think the more successful that those transitions can be. So a big strength of yours, as you just mentioned, strategy, but you also have never been afraid to get behind the line at yes. your White Castle <laughs> locations. Yes, that's very I mean, true. Lisa, that's a really unique leadership quality. Right, yes. Why has it been important for you to understand the business at that level? How does it lead back to your strength of strategy? Okay, yeah. So a lot of people ask me this, and a lot of people like when I tell them that I I work on the grill, they just look at me like, what? what? <laughs> and I have a great story. So... Um, so we just recently opened our new store in Phoenix, Arizona, and um, this was about two weeks ago. And um, I spent 14 hours, and it was wonderfully crazy. I mean, it's been a huge opening for us, extremely successful. Um, but I had the experience of working in that environment, like really working in that environment. And when it came down to us making some decisions about the health of our team members, about the cleanliness of the castle, I was there. I knew what it looked like. I knew how people felt being in that environment. And we made the decision that, you know, because of the tremendous demand, we needed to limit some stuff. We needed to limit the amount of orders. We needed to limit the hours, which were a 24-hour operation, all of those types of things. And so by inserting yourself in those instances on the ground level, you get a really good perspective of what is actually going on. And, you know, everybody says you should never lose touch with the customer, which I absolutely believe. You should never lose touch with your team members and how they're feeling. And um, so that's a lot of the reason why I am often behind the grill, because it gives me an opportunity to interact with the team members. It also makes them feel less like they're talking to the CEO and more like they're talking to just another team member that's there. Um, and so sometimes they'll open up a little bit more and um, just feel more comfortable around me. And that is something that I really want is I want my team members to feel comfortable around me. I don't want them to feel scared or um, intimidated by me. And so that's another reason why I really enjoy getting behind on the grill. And I, I like to, I'm a little bit competitive, so I want to <laughs> be able to still be fast at that position. I can't do the fryer and I can't do the register, but I can still hold my own on the grill. So like, how quick are you at the grill? I, you know, people are surprised that I, a lot of people ask me, how long have you worked in the castles? <laughs> I'm like, well, I, I actually don't. Um, and they're surprised. So is it like X amount of sliders in so much time? Yeah, it's I mean, really about the boxing, how fast I can box pretty well. Okay. Yeah. And you've also said too, on a hard day, it's really nice to be 
on the grill. It is. It is. Um, because, you know, there, there are a couple of things that I tell people. One is if you have an opportunity to go work in the castles, go work in the castles because it's a lot of fun. Um, same thing with our plants. It's the same thing when you go into our retail plants that produce millions and millions and millions of burgers every single day. The team members in there do a phenomenal job of making their jobs look really easy. And when we go out, so May is National Hamburger Month. And so in May, we encourage everybody in our home office to go out and work in a restaurant or a plant. And so I've had the opportunity to work in our um, meat plants and our bakeries and in our retail plants. And in every case, those team members in there, whether they are pulling buns out of a bag to put on the line or whether they're taking two sliders and and off of one conveyor that's going this way and pushing them onto another conveyor that's going the other way, which is actually sort of like a game of Frogger, in my <laughs> that's opinion. That's what it's going to sound like. <laughs> and they make it look so easy. Like, they're not even looking at what they're doing. And I, when I'm doing it, I'm, like, really concentrating just to try to get the two burgers into the moving conveyor like, without I go squishing back to boxing? them. Right. <laughs> so that's another reason why I enjoy boxing, because I do feel like I do that well. Um, so, you know, it's always about trying to make sure that you have a good grasp of where your team is and, um, obviously, where your customers are. What? Castle has a very loyal and dedicated fan base. We all know that yes. since its inception nearly 100 years ago. So what do you think has been the secret to maintaining your popularity as the brand has continued to grow over the years? Yeah. So I think there's really two or three things. So the first is, is that we have a great product that's very, very unique. Um, and we haven't changed that product and we're very fanatical about the quality of that product, so much so that we make our own buns. So all the buns that go into the burgers in both the restaurant and the retail, we make. We make all the meat patties that go into both products. And we do that to ensure that the quality that we expect is uh, delivered to the customer in the manner that we expect them to. And so uh, I think that's the first thing. The second thing is we talked a little bit about just the tremendous team that we have. So we have team members that have been with us for 20, 30, 40 years, which is, uh, you know, crazy, um, crazy wonderful. And so when customers come in, not only do they get this wonderful, unique product, but they may have, if they come in a lot, the team members know them. They know what their order is. They know their name. They know stuff about their family. They'll ask about their family. And that's really a special, unique connection that our team can make with um, our loyal customers that we feel is very, very palatable and very, um, very important to who we are. And so those two things are really, I think, probably the biggest thing that has made us have this dedicated fan base. And then the third is, you know, when you think about um, a 24-hour operation and a lot of fun that can go on all hours of the night and all times of the day, we're open 364 days a year. Um, we've just had the opportunity to be part of people's celebrations. And that gives our brand an aura that we're very proud out, proud about and that we want to continue to foster for generations to come. Uh, Valentine's Day is what sticks with me after yes. working in TV news for so many years. And that was always such a big thing. Does that happen at every one of your locations? Yes. So that's a great story. You know, um, a lot of people ask me about where that came from. And it came from actually a general manager in a store in Minneapolis. So she noticed um, that we, she knew our customers and she knew this 
a little couple that, um, I don't know if they, they had their first date at White Castle or they met at White Castle. I don't know, but she knew that they didn't have a lot of money and probably couldn't afford to go to a really nice place for Valentine's day. So she said, well, why don't you come here and I'll treat you to something special. So they came in, she had a tablecloth on the table. She had flowers, she made little menus and she served them, which is not our typical, um, operation style. And it was so successful that there were other customers that wanted that same treatment. So the next year she did it throughout her castle. And then the year after that, we did it throughout all of the castles in Minneapolis. And then it sort of just grew from that. And last year we took 36,000 reservations. 36,000? 36,000 reservations for one day. Um, And we used open table, which is super cool. (laughs) Um, and if you don't book your reservation by like the end of January, middle of January, you will not be able to get in. No kidding. Yeah. So you got to be planning two weeks out, guys, yeah. maybe even a little more. Yeah. Wow. Which is really fun. So, and it's a great, you know, we have a great time with Valentine's Day. It's a wonderful way for us to celebrate, you know, people's love for their friends and family and their love of White Castle. And it just made me think of your team. And as you were talking about how there have been team members that have been there for so long and people, when they go into a store, know some of these individuals, it all kind of comes together in that celebration. The fact that yeah. Valentine's Day happens how it does. I, I love it. Yeah. So given kind of the celebration theme, are there any big plans for this 100, Lisa? I mean, this is a huge anniversary. Right. Yes, it is a huge anniversary. So I can't reveal any plans yet, but I can reveal that we are definitely working on it. So there is a committee, there's been logos generated, there's budgets. So we definitely want to celebrate in style. I mean, you know, not many companies turn 100, very few family businesses obviously get to 100. So we want to make sure that we're um, giving great opportunity to celebrate that monumental um, uh, milestone. Could there possibly be a new product with it, maybe? Yeah, maybe. I mean, we're always looking at doing new products, um, but... You guys are great about that, I feel like. We definitely try. Um, You know, I think when you've been around for a long time, you have a lot of people that... um, just love the core product and don't want us to change it. And we're not, we're not going to change it. But there are a lot of people that maybe their diets change or maybe their tastes change. They want something different. They want a little bit more um, pop, a little bit more heat. And so we try to make sure that we are following along with consumer trends and adapting those as appropriate to our brand to give our customers different options. Our product is small. And so it allows a lot of sharing and a lot of trial, which I think is great and fun for our consumers. So we're always looking for new things. So we'll, we'll look to see what happens for the 100. But, I mean, we, you, we already already talking about the debut of the Impossible Slider, yeah. White Castle's first plant-based burger. You've obviously made some choices to embrace the change that's yes. happening in the industry, as we were just saying. Um, with You know, as you approach those changes, how do you research it? How do you decide? Because you have those loyalists who love that initial product. I mean, is it research? Is it, what, what do you do? You know, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but mostly it is listening to customers. And okay. so the impossible slider really came out of listening to customers. So when you've been around for a long time, you have a lot of customers that grew up on White Castle, but like I said, they, their diets may have changed for mm-hmm. whatever reason. And so we would have customers that would come in and order a cheese slider from us, which meant that we would take the onions off the grill um, that didn't obviously have meat on them, but had sort of the essence of 
um, put them on a bun and put a slice of cheese on it and serve that as a vegetarian option to okay. those customers that came in maybe with friends um, or that just wanted some small semblance of White Castle but weren't eating meat anymore. So that was our first sort of vegetarian option. And we had a lot of customers doing that. And we thought, you know, we can we can do better. We can, we obviously have a market here. We have consumers that want different choices. So let's explore that. So about five or six years ago, we came out with a veggie slider, which is a Dr. Prager product, which we're very proud of. Um, and then we also then came out with a limited time black bean slider, which is I, really good. Yes, I've had it. Yes, it's yes, very good. It's very, very good. And so when the whole, when the plant-based product came along, it was very easy for us to say, yes, we should be doing this because we have really evolved to not view ourselves as a hamburger company, but as a slider company. And that's a slight nuance, but when you think about that, slider has so many more possibilities than hamburger. And so whether you're coming in for our traditional slider that we would never change, or you want to have our great chicken slider or our amazing breakfast slider, which is a fresh cracked egg on the grill. Also very good. Oh, it's so good with this Belgian waffle that I could talk about forever. (laughs) Um, Or you want to have our veggie slider or our impossible slider. We have a lot of different options for those customers that want different choices. And we're very proud about that. And we think that that's strategically the direction that consumers are moving in. And we want to make sure that we're on that train as well. A lot of momentum in the Columbus community right now. And White Castle has really made a big statement by investing in our central Ohio region with your new headquarters. We cannot miss it on the highway. It's gorgeous as it's been rising up there. Um, So it's great to see that happening. Why is Columbus a great place to not only do business, do you think, but run a business? We talked a little bit about what's happened here in the last 20 years, but what are some of the other things that come with the growth that we've seen that make it such a great place to be for you guys right now? Yeah. So, you know, we've been in Columbus since 1934. We're very proud to call it home. Um, and But we could move to lots of other places if we wanted to. We operate in great cities Um, across the Midwest and East Coast. Columbus really is wonderful because it's very centrally located between all of our markets. Um, It's very easily accessible, whether through plane or car. Um, You know, we... We enjoy that ability to get to places very quickly by being in Columbus. Um, We also really enjoy all the amenities that Columbus has. So whether you're into the arts or whether you're into sports or whether you're into volunteering for a Pelotonia, there are so many great, wonderful organizations in Columbus that help make it a very vibrant community. It's a very open and inclusive community, which is part of our DNA. We have a very diverse workforce. um, And so that's very important to us as well. And Columbus definitely meets that criteria. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a great place to live and work in family with the Midwest values and everything. I mean, the only thing that's that I don't like is the weather between, you know, <laughs> December and, and February. But And for some you know, reason, lived, we felt it in November this year. I don't right, know why. Right, right. I mean, I lived in Dallas, and I didn't like the weather from June to August. So <laughs> I think, you know... There are, there's very hard, it's very hard to find a place where the weather is beautiful all day. My my husband is from Dallas, so I appreciate that statement. So with the reach on Goodale and and that happening, I mean, this is going to be incredibly close to the Columbus Crews new stadium. Yes, which we didn't know at the time, but yeah, that's going to be wonderful. Yeah. So we've had Dr. Edwards on this program to be able to talk about that. So are you excited about the activity that's going to be down by that area? We are so excited. I mean, one, I think the movement of the stadium downtown will be tremendous for the crew. 
and we're very excited about that. We're very excited because our, as you said, we'll be able to actually see the stadium from our building, which will be fabulous. And we designed our property to have connection via, um, you know, pedestrian walkways and bike paths over to there. So our team members actually could walk from our building over to the cruise stadium to go see a game. The people that live in the apartments could do the same thing. So that will be really, really exciting for our property and for Columbus to have that connectivity. Why was it so important for you to build this? Because I remember when I came to Columbus in 2007, the staple building right down over there with right. the white and the blue. Why, why go do this now? Why did you need to do it? So... We really wanted to do a couple of things. One, our current building, um, it's a lot of long hallways and offices. And so it doesn't provide collaboration as much. It doesn't. The physical environment doesn't provide collaboration. Uh, the physical environment there didn't provide a lot of natural light. Um, and so when you think about what team members want, um, especially team members of the future, we were concerned that the building that we had wasn't going to convey that um, about our brand and about our company. And so we made a choice that we needed to, you know, and the building is very old. And so we needed to uh, do something. And um, we went through a lot of iterations, but ultimately decided that, you know what, we are an urban brand. We have grown up in many of the cities that we've been in since the 1920s or 30s. And so it makes sense for us to be in an urban core versus out in the suburb. And so it made a lot of sense for us to stay where we currently are in our property downtown. And when we made that decision, then we said, okay, well, let's build a new headquarters. And what do we want it to look like? And so we have a building now with no offices. I do not have an office, which is awesome. Um, and this is a huge trend right now. I mean, Ohio yes. Health just did a very similar thing with yes. their yes. Uh, new building. So this yes. is a thing. Yes. And everybody gets natural light. There's lots of open and collaborative spaces. Um, and we're excited not only about our building, but the community center that's being built right next to our building that can be rented out for weddings or for nonprofits, et cetera. Um, the second office building that's going in the back that another businesses or two could um, come and join us on the property and then all of the apartments. So it's going to be a very mixed use, very vibrant um parcel of land that is sort of the gateway to downtown, which we're really excited about. And, you know, they do all the renderings and it looks cool on the piece of paper, but when they started building it and the view of it along 670, I didn't, the, the drawings did not convey. And so it's just really, it gives me tremendous pride to know one, that people will actually know that Columbus is now our headquarters. Cause there are a lot of people that didn't know that we were actually headquartered in Columbus um, because our building didn't, it was hard to see. You saw the back of it when you were driving on 670. Now it's very prominent. It's beautiful. Um, and I think that it will help not only give a new face to White Castle, but a new face to Columbus, which is great. M&A Architects, I feel, helped you all out yes. in designing it. And what I loved when I when I drive past on 670 is that white brick and this modern building where you've incorporated this feel of who you are. Right. Just a beautiful job. Thank it's you. Done of it. Done been done with yeah. it. Um, the company has been a longstanding member of the Columbus Chamber of Commerce and quite involved with yes. our organization. Can, can you just talk a little bit about the value of community partnership, even for a national brand right. like yours? So. My 
my, as I said, my great grandfather has always believed in giving back to the communities in which we operate. And so that's a tenant that we continue. Um, and so being involved in the Columbus community, whether that's um, partnership with the Columbus Chamber or whether that's partnership with nonprofits or whether that's a public private partnership to help get our building built, all of those are really important to an organization's success. Not only because, you know, you can help you get things done, but because our team members really want us to be involved. They love the fact that we raise, you know, seven or $800,000 every year for Autism Speaks, which is a big fundraising that we do. They love that, you know, everyone on my executive team is on a board of a nonprofit in the community. They love that we give our team members opportunities to go and volunteer um, at different organizations throughout the Columbus community. They love that um, we partnered with Smart Columbus to offer bus passes for our team members. So we're always looking for ways to get more ingrained in the community and to be an integral part of the Columbus story. You know, we're not as we're not a, we're not one of the biggest um, employers here, but we like to make sure that we're continuing to be an important part of the community. And the connection to the chamber is a part of that. Absolutely. I mean, the chamber does great things um, and really helps bring a lot of small businesses together in ways that can be fruitful, not only for the leaders but also for the business itself. And so, I um, we continue to support the chamber. So, Lisa, what is next for White Castle? <laughs> I know I know you teased us a little bit with your plans for the 100th and the celebration of that anniversary, but, but where do you think, when you put your strategy cap on, where do you see things going next? Well, I think it'll be interesting to watch, you know, what sort of happens in the restaurant space. So we're always looking at consumer trends and where products are going, but we're also studying what do consumers want. And if you look at trends, there's a lot of they want more time in their day. And so how can we, as a business, give them more time in their day, whether that's through online ordering, whether that's through partnering with delivery. I, I don't know what that will shape out to be, but that's a very interesting uh, trend that we continue to watch along with, you know, what sort of things do they want to put in their stomach? <laughs> so, um, you know, you will continue to see us hopefully be adaptable, hopefully be a great place to work. We're very proud of the fact that uh, I think eight out of our 10 regions, we've earned the best place to work award. So we will continue to focus on our team members and trying to make sure that we have great team members that want to stay. Um, and you will continue to see us focusing on consumers and how we can be relevant in the years to come and continuing to be a good community partner. I have to ask you before we go, what is your absolute favorite menu item at White Castle? So I, I give myself away when I go into the stores. Um, so I love a double cheeseburger bottoms up with extra pickle and our strawberry lemonade smoothie. Strawberry lemonade smoothie, and what is bottoms up? Is there no? Is there a bun missing in so there? What, it's, what's it's that? It's like a. It's sort of like a secret menu item. You, That's what I thought. I know. So, you know, instead of putting the um, double together, they take two. They take the two bottom buns and put them together, and puts cheese and um, pickles in there. So okay, so rewind about thirty seconds, guys who are listening, and <laughs> right. make sure that you get yep. the secret menu item yep. that she just shared. That is one of her favorites. Lisa Ingram, thank you. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much. We've wanted to have you on, and it's a great opportunity to be able to talk to you today. Yeah, thank you. I've enjoyed being here. Well, if you enjoyed today's episode, please let us know by sharing your ratings and reviews. All you have to do is search CBuzz on iTunes or whatever app or platform you listen on and leave your comments and suggestions. It also helps people find our show. We read your comments, use your ideas as we plan for future episodes. 
CBuzz is produced in collaboration with Capital University and is recorded at Capital's Convergent Media Center. So we want to thank their students, faculty, and staff for helping bring this program to life for our listeners. I'm Michaela Hunt, and on behalf of the Columbus Chamber of Commerce, thanks again for joining us, and we'll talk again soon.